Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. In our last episode, Ian's team met the Binos clan. Lars and Kaylee stayed behind to get more acquainted with these newly refound outcasts. The rest of the team drove to Anadarko for the scheduled clan chief state dinner. They were in absolute shock and amazement about the size and state of the city. Plus the fact no one even paid attention to their arrival in the half-track. Does Ian pull off the dignity required at his young age for a state dinner? Let's join the dinner in progress to see what happens. Okay, Charlie, you can take it from here. Ian's party met in the lobby and walked over to the clan house. They were eight minutes early. Keita and Carrie took flanking positions and wouldn't let anyone get too close to Ian. Two feathers followed up the rear. Once inside, they were seated by a man in a buckskin suit that had more fringe than any of Lars' shirts had lace. <laughs> now that's funny. That's when the dinner began. They will address you when they stop feeding their faces. What are the fish species being served? This is paddlefish from the Grand River of Eastern Oklahoma and Cherokee territories. The white fish with the striped skin are called white bass or sand bass. They are found in the lakes and rivers above the area around what was once the Denison Dam. Lake Texoma was once about 400 feet deep. Today it would measure closer to 900 feet deep because of ice melt-off. The foresters have expanded the dam four times after it was rebuilt 600 years ago. The Red River is much larger than it once was. Ian, these men look at you as ambassador at large for the Freeholds. They know more about you than you do. I didn't see any food production on the way in. Where and how would be my question to you? The colleges and food production facilities are north of town. We came in from the south. Those installations are walled compounds. It was a necessity 800 years ago. Today, it's proved. There are those who live outside the confines of civilization, roving bands of people. Some are hardly recognizable as people. People who were banished or just flat couldn't confirm had to go somewhere. Forester banished are taken south past Big Bend settlement on the Rio Grande into the unclaimed lands of northern Mexico. Hanging has been reserved for murderers. Banishment is used for anything major. Incarceration at the northern border settlement in Old North Platte, Nebraska for petty crimes seems to deter all but a few. Life is so very precious to the freeholders that we don't use capital punishment. We do, however, use segregation and banishment too. Chief Johns sat three tables over from Ian. He knew why they had come. That crazy man, Falling Deer, had dared to attack the freehold in its colony. The Apache had been caught off guard by the attack. He'd known that the freehold had defenses. 
it was the ease of victory that surprised the chief's assembly. Kessa had been right in her assessment of those living in the freehold. They could be formidable foes. The Apache Confederation hadn't had a clash with other humans for over 200 years. The Navajo, Pueblo, and Hopi had repulsed their advances into Colorado and New Mexico. That was when they joined with the Foresters. The Forester Nation allowed them to merge and remain separately in control of their people and lands. It gave them five seats at the Forester Assembly. Interesting history, something to ponder later on. Dinner was winding down. The chief had seen the scribe. He was impressive for one so young. The very survey that allowed the Jed Johnson colony to be built was handled with discretion and speed. He and the other chiefs would hear him out. Chief Johns stood. Welcome in. We are proud to have you visit us. First, of all the peoples of the Forester Nation. Tomorrow you will be speaking to the chiefs. Tonight is for all of us to meet you. After dinner, we will move to the hall and talk. Ian stood. He was conscious of the eyes on him. He employed the smile his mother said was his legacy. Then he spoke. Thank you, Chief Johns. This mill is wonderful. Tomorrow we will talk of honor and duty. Tonight is for friendship, which has begun our legacy for a thousand years. I am new to my duties and young enough to look forward to each unique experience. The doors we share should remain open and our paths clear of obstruction as all of our ancestors have taught us. Thank you again, welcoming us. The people rose and clapped for Ian's meaningful speech. Then the people began to walk about, forming groups and talking to each other in a friendly, if formal manner. Ian and Kita began walking around the room. Kita introduced Ian to those she knew. It turned out she knew a great number of those gathered. Two Feathers was cornered by two of those from Chief John's table. He didn't look happy, but you would have never known by his tone in banter. Carrie silently stood to Ian's side. They were vigilant, but never spoke. People kept a respectful distance from Carrie. Ian wondered about that and why had Two Feathers stepped away when the meet and greet began in earnest. A very long 45 minutes later, Keita leaned in and spoke softly in Ian's ear. Well, it's time to go. Chief Johns will not address you alone. He fears the scribes. Two Feathers is finally done talking with the Chief of Staff, Blue Eagle Williams. He's coming this way, and that frees us to leave as Chief Johns just exited the side door. Let's go. Little more is to be done or, or gained tonight. Gentle people, it was nice meeting you. Your insight is appreciated. I will leave tonight, so I'll be rested for tomorrow's sessions. Carrie led followed by Ian and Kita. Two feathers brought up the rear as they left the hall. They walked back to the hotel, for it really wasn't a hostel by our standards. They walked in near silence. Ian and company went through the lobby and rode up the escalator. Two feathers now led them quickly to Ian's room. Once inside, conversations began anew. Gary, would you find something stronger than fruit juice for all of us? I think we earned it. I'll be right back. I don't want room service in here. No, we don't. Why the long faces and distrusting looks? I didn't notice anything amiss tonight. Two Feathers pulled a device from his jacket pocket and turned it on. It was a white noise generator. Why in the world would they need that kind of security? Carrie will be back in a few moments. 
We need all of us on the same sheet of music before the morning sessions. Okay, so I see. I missed something in the dynamics of tonight's dinner. Oh no, you didn't. You smoked out the objections and fully diffused most of them on the spot. I'm not sure how you did that with a smile and hair curling over your collar. You noticed the short hair and extremely neat appearance of each person with which you spoke? The women had single braids and hair pulled back severely. Somebody is forcing a dress code for the well-dressed courtiers. They all held the party line, and then you smiled. It was like they looked into your blue eyes and they melted. How on earth do you do that? Do what? Charm your way into the hearts of others and not even know you're doing it. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. All I did was talk to, meet, and greet each of them with respect. I was taught to hold eye contact when I spoke. Dad always said to be earnest. If I don't know the answer, then I say I don't know. If I can try to find out, I say so. Never give an absolute yes or no answer, because life situations are rarely black and white. Those who hold to a black and white interpretation of life limit themselves and stifle those around them. So that's the trick of the trade, per Kyle Robeson. You're not Kyle Robeson. You're Ian Kyleson. What do you bring to the table? It's all good to be earnest. However, to remain sincere in the face of a changing world would seem better to me. I know those are just words, but words are the backbone of all communication. If people are talking, they aren't killing each other, normally. That's the fundamental nature of compromise. When compromise dies, then war follows. Not always is there wiggle room for compromise. What do you do then? As long as your opponent believes you're more powerful than they are, there will be wiggle room. Dad wrote, never tell all you know. Tell only what you must to gain a positive result. The notes from Karn and Ambassador Johnson's research on the Fort Still Apache confirms that they were brought here through the scribe's passage. Karn imported them as his first helpers. They came from a time just after the American Civil War and didn't need or want the kind of equipment those recreated might require. When Karn died, his sons lost touch. Lawton itself was lost, but the Fort Sill Apache endured. They are the descendants of the original 1870s Fort Sill Apache. They have more right to this land than any of the current tribes. I will find a way to make today's Apache see, without injuring their pride in their heritage. They themselves will guide me. Are you sure? Carrie got back with what looked like a bottle of whiskey, ice, a sweet bottle of white dessert wine. I'm going to travel with the foresters more often. They always have good stuff. Ian's approach seems like a difficult one to this old boy. Convincing anyone to do something different than what they have always done is never easy. Getting them to become responsible for less fortunate beings would seem next to impossible. On May 16, 4062, Cassie's Hobbit-style house and home offices were finally completed. We joined Cassie, Kelly, Karen Anthony, Don Wilson, and O'Brien around her brand new pine table with its polished granite tile inlays. It contrasts nicely with the earthenware coffee service. 
The smell of fresh brewed coffee permeates the house. Oh my, I can actually taste coffee. Amazingly, you can see to the outside from the portal windows and look inside through the wide French doors into a garden area that's been dug out inside the central mountain. There were foresters working in the garden. We'll get back to the gardens later. For now, we have to listen in on Cassie's morning coffee gathering. I called you all here to talk about what I've come to learn of my full responsibilities. More piled on you too? No, Kelly. Just getting my feet planted on the ground before I start any of the heavy work. I've got to report a change in my status as well. Cassie, are you not taking notes? O'Brien has my voice-activated AI installed and operational as of yesterday. I set it to record all conversations unless I exempt recording for a time. All I have to do is tell it what I want done and my voice command makes recording easier. It works like the system Dad set up in the freehold. The print replicator is in my office. The reinforcements O'Brien asked for brought the remaining equipment ID requested from the freehold. Arbiter Gerald Larison came as well. Sanana took the scribe's oath and will forever be the caretaker stationed at Ian's cabin. We have two scribes? Yes. Sanana will perform my duties along with hers when I travel. Travel? Why would you travel? Just then, there was a knock on Cassie's newly installed round front door. Who could that be? I thought everyone was there already. Rory, we're in the dining area and the doors are open. Back to business. I want to know about this traveling you're talking about. I thought you were a scribe. Ian briefed me when he passed my expanded responsibilities to me. She's our scribe. I'm confused. How can she travel then? Have I missed anything major or earth-shattering? Nope. We're just getting started. Why are you here, Karen? I have taken the scribe's oath as well. I'm here as a scribe's companion. When I'm not with, out with Cassie, I'll be working with you. You've got six other trained communications technicians. You didn't tell me you were going to do that. You should have talked to me first. We've all been a little busy of late. The Comanche and Fort Seal Apache have kept our attention for the last five days. I agreed to take the oath after Rachel contacted me with Ian's notes on Cassie's new team. That was yesterday after supper. Cassie administered the oath last night. Things are moving very fast right now. I guess I'll put my frustration on hold. It seems I've been overruled anyway. I wanted you for my second-in-command in communications. So much for that idea. Seems like Ian planned all sorts of things. I learned about the changes in the same encrypted message through Mom. I know he's right. I'm just not sure when he had the time to record and structure his plans. If I remember right, that was a while back. The Freehold Council has already voted and passed the changes up the chain. It has the JJC Council's endorsement and dated before we even left the Freehold. Cassie, as you know, I'm to assume full charge for all the engineering activities here at JJC. I'd hoped that Rory would take some of those and leave with the full-time jobs of construction superintendent and power plant manager. Rory, you're detached as soon as you take the scribe's oath. 
I've been asked to take the scribe's oath as guide and polyglot. The same job Two Feathers does for Ian. Don't have the same depth of training that Two Feathers has, but I'm proud to do the job. I hope to be a worthy scribe's companion. Ambassador Johnson is in place at Quana Parker Lake Settlement. The Capitol building is now under construction at that site. Why the changes? What's happened? Ian, Kelly, Kita, Lars, and Carrie are going to visit the Chinese and Seth Tilly. Seth is becoming a problem. He wants to abolish the councils and have the scribes run everything. Ian's got to deal with him. I can't see that getting very far. Wouldn't all the elder councils object to a shift from democracy to dictatorship? No, he has Rurik's support. He also has the Melbourne and Black Sea Freeholds backing as well. The governing Freehold Council is split, thus three for democracy and two for dictatorship. Cornwall Freehold is different yet again. They want a parliament and full representation on the Freehold Council based on the numbers of people under each Freehold care. Oh, wow, that puts Ian in a spot. Where does he stand? Ian stands on the side of a Federalist Republic democracy. That's a difficult sell. Only the Phoenix Freehold and old Bobby April support his position along the, with Freehold 3. Ian has to go sell it. He's starting with visits to all of the Freeholds. I assume responsibility for North and South America. Is that why Tad Johnson got his posting as ambassador to the Forester Nations? This is a big, no huge shift. I wonder what Ian's got on his mind to distribute his responsibilities this way. Cassie will be very busy. I'm going to have to clone myself to keep up. Maybe two clones and me? The power of three, baby. You bet. Wait. What? I've heard that phrase before. Kind of catchy, don't you think? Rachel, Steve Kirkson, Jack Bilson, and the new guy, Regulus Clarkson, are in Rachel's kitchen. She's got a brisket cooking. The smell is incredible. Now she's got my mouth watering. I'll have to drop by for supper, I think. Mr. Clarkson is the newly minted supervisor elder for Freehold 3. He's not Tad Johnson, but a bit of a nationalist at heart. Let's listen in, shall we? What's this proposal I'm reading about from Seth Tilly to the streamline the government processes? It would amount to dictatorship, Jack. We still hold a three to two edge in the overall voting among the Freeholds. He believes the scribes should rule the Freeholds. Rachel Cohen wrote to watch for such movements as they are natural for the ambitious ones. I patched in the AI so Breed Stamper could be in on this meeting as well. Yes, yes, I'm here. I hear you folks loud and clear. Now that kind of pogrom cannot be allowed. Our council and our king will back your play to stop it. We stand with you as well. Phoenix Freehold is united to keep our fledgling Freehold Federal Republic strong. The scribes held this together in seclusion. It's time for the people to all have the right to serve, should they desire to do so. Ian, Cassie, and I agree. Tilly's become power mad. The last evaluation before Kyle died has set down as a megalomaniac. That is becoming quite evident. I understand his desire for nationhood under the existing charter. I even somewhat sympathize. However, the League of Nations and its replacement, the United Nations, never had the kind of freedom to act as the Freehold Federation does. Colonies are critical because they gain voting status when sanctioned by the Arbiters. If the Black Sea Freehold and Melbourne Freehold grow faster than we do, then the voting blocks could shift in their favor, 
BS and MF have vast land areas to absorb. We do as well, but the forester and tribal nations hold much of it. Rachel, you've got to stay put and keep the Freehold Federation from splintering. I don't think the councils can stand autonomous and survive Seth Tilly's expansionist designs. Surely Cassie and Ian can handle the exploration. I agree with Carlson. Rachel, they're right. I've teams out as well. We have got to reclaim the blasted lands to the west. Our manufacturing base isn't large enough to meet the needs for silicates, much less computer chips. Seth and Rourke have already contacted us for instructions on making their own. We have to proceed carefully. Time to shift from Rachel to the Forester Capital at Lake Wada Parker. Tad Johnson and Kessa are at a morning mini-meal meeting. The author loves his tongue twisters. So, what's the verdict on the area designated the unsigned lands on the old maps? There's only one forester settlement in what used to be the Oklahoma Panhandle, Texas Panhandle, and Western Kansas. Our population in the Oak Island, Oklahoma Township has been cleared. We have to cover the existing structures with plasticrete and topsoil. It has to be done now as ice retreats. Building that settlement will be well underway by June or the end of winter. Springtime, we will start settling families. Housing is in short supply at most of our existing settlements. The concept of our new confederacy Having a seat on the Freehold Federation Council is appealing. It would give a much-needed wider view and world influence on our nation. Has a vote been taken on that proposal yet? Yes, it passed. Subject to the Freehold Federation's formal offer of inclusion, the Freehold Federation already plans four continents. It seems wise to be included in such a decision-making entity. Yes, there's that. We have to keep the autocratic elements from taking over. Ian's got to grow into an estatesman. The Mars Colony, Moon Colony, and Venus Station have contacted the Forester Federation with requests to join our democracy. They've been approved, and that extends our government to shepherd over five million. Okay, so the Russians at BS and autocrats at MF are flexing their muscles. I'm not sure where this is going just yet. Wow, a space colony's jumped ship for the Forester Confederation. That means the pharmaceutical manufacturing base just shifted to Forrester control. I need a scorecard to see just who's on what base. I wonder, does anyone still play baseball? It's time to get to the meeting with the clan chiefs. The Forrester's new alignment with the space colonies shifted the balance of power. Now that's an interesting concept. Ian received the news from Tad Johnson just before he went into the meeting with the clan chief assembly. Let's see how that changes what Ian tells the assembly. We welcome the Robson son, Ian, to our assembly. I'll turn the podium over to him in a few moments. First, I want to restate our position on the Forrester Confederacy. The Forresters are our upline national government. We govern with them and through them. Kisa has just announced a pact to include the space colonies in the Forrester Confederation. I have agreed and will be extending diplomatic ties to the Moon and Mars colonies as well as to the Venus Station. Castello Base has chosen to align with the Melbourne Freehold and opted out of the agreements. It is the smallest of the space colonies. Their statement reads as follows. The governing councillor, Aaron Paul, of Castello Bay, requests an alliance with the Melbourne Freehold, as we believe the more direct approach to the governance fits our belief system. We will continue to sell and deliver goods through our drone fleet to all who wish to purchase our products. Nitrates for fertilizer are in scarce supply currently on Earth. We have an ocean of liquid nitrogen and methane to share at reasonable prices. Our gas crackers and drone fleets are operating below capacity. 
let us fill your needs. Currencies for transactions are foodstuffs, as has been our policy for the past 200 years. We have excess food to sell, so it will become a buyer's market for us. I now relinquish the podium to Ian Carlson. Thank you for the opportunity. I came here to speak on the behalf of the Comanche and Fort Sill Apache Nations. They are your brothers. Prior to 1901, they were closely aligned with your predecessors here in Anadarko. They are in hopes that their petitions to rejoin the Apache and Caddo Nations here will be accepted. The other component nations have already transmitted their agreements to them in acceptance through Freehold 3. That leaves only the Apache and Caddo's acceptance. The Comanche Nation has tentative acceptance from this body. The Fort Steele Apache were brought forward and are thus the oldest continuing running tribal government on our planet. The scribe, Karn Kohan, brought them forward through the scribe's passage, located at the ruin of Medicine Park Comanche Methodist Church. Northeast of Freehold 3 is roughly 2345 AD. They were the first to work on the reclamation of the surface for all humanity. Over time, that association evolved to the Forster Nation. I apologize for this interruption, but may I request a glass of water, please? Ian purposely pauses to ask for the water, knowing full well that it is a commodity amongst these people. He wants to show them, without doubt, that he is the scribe understands the value of water to the nations and lets them see that he appreciates this asset by drinking the entire glass within their sight. I think Ian has his politics in the right basket. Well done, Ian. The Fort Sill Apache wanted a more primitive hunter-gatherer societal model. They have evolved into a trading society. I would urge you to join again with them as their trading network spans Eastern, North America, Mexico, Central America, and South America as far as Old Brazil. Right now, they are starving because of 15 years of bad harvests in the South. There are proud people who have looked first to the South for aid. Today, they need their brothers for survival. They need you. Will you come to their aid and rekindle an alliance that predates all existing alliances on this planet? I personally urge this union of peoples and cultures. They are you. You were brought forth through their donated DNA. The modern Apache are their brothers. The Caddo peoples are their brothers as well. The Caddo were also brought forward by Scribe Karn. That makes you and the Fort Seal Apache the fathers of your nation here at Anadarko. Do not forsake a bond that goes further into antiquity than any freehold. Thank you for your time. I will now call for voice affirmation on this question. What do you say, clan chiefs of the nations represented here in Anadarko? The noise was so deafening in affirmation that Ian fought the urge to cover his ears. Ian had done what was not possible just a few years previously when Kyle Robinson had tried. He succeeded because he touched the pride and solidarity of the Native Americans represented in the Anadarko Clan Chief Assembly. Plus, the trade network was needed desperately by those here. They had goods and foodstuffs that had to be sold before it rotted. Right there was the deciding factor. Ian didn't even mention their need. He didn't have to do so. Each clan chief knew of their need for trade as their economy was stagnating. I'd say Ian had done his homework and studied well. 
Now back to the freehold. Steve Kirkson was visiting Rachel after the big meeting earlier that day. This ought to be interesting. Rachel, you are supposed to be alone and outside the politics of running the freehold. I am. The day-to-day -day here is the council's job. I sure don't need another job. I couldn't believe when I heard rumors that they are even threatening even you. Be careful how this is reported, Steve Kirkson. I don't want the nationalistic movement to gain more here in Freehold 3. They flat don't realize that they'd be tying their will to future tyrants. Yes, there are some threats. I don't even want to give them a chance to see daylight. You have to report to them, but be oh so careful, Steve. Two Feathers will be coming back to the station here after his Anadarko trip. I will need his protection. Clarkson has had the bomb disposal unit Jack oversees up here twice in the past week. Those devices could have caused great extensive damage to the Freehold and me personally. I'm no autocrat and the Nationalists seem to know it. It's that old ultra-conservative nationalistic element here in the Freehold that's building them. So what is Jack doing about all the mess, if you don't mind my asking? Jack is trying to nail down the culprits as fast as he can. Living in fear and paranoia leads to isolationism and psychotic behavior. I will not hide my face. I will let my life and example shine for the entire world to see. It strikes me as cowardly to not stand for what is right and to be seen doing so. I never saw that one coming. Who'd want to hurt Rachel? Stay tuned. I see changes coming fast in Freehold 3. What's going to happen next? For now, this is your narrator signing off. I just remembered. That's Lars with the Pinos. Man, I always thought they were stuffed legends for me. I never saw that one happening. Man, I don't know if these folks are prepared for what's coming. I hope they see what I do. You've been listening to The Kyleson Chronicles. We will return in two weeks with another episode. Written, directed, and produced by J.A. Babian. Narrated by Charlie Weirock III. Here are the stars of the show. Tom Cat, Tony Homeperm, Mark Pullen, Ellie Hirschman, Tim Evans, James Leeper, Tracy Babian, Malcolm Clays, Josh Portillo, Daniel Abaday, Gary Tangway, Paul LaBelle, Keith Martin, Rachelyn Hughes, Micah Henderson, Echo Unclesbay, James Sedevy, Bruce Jaworski, Ryan Birch, Krista Huffaker, James Roberson, Sarah Patterson, Julie Bowles, Katie Dushaman, and produced by Privy Projects. Casting Director, Art Design, and Ian Steen by Tracy Babian. Audio Engineer and Sound Design by J.A. Babian. The Carlson Theme and Gears of Wondering, written and produced by Sven and Burgett Neutrons, used with their permission. Background music by David Fesslin Studios and used with his permission. Special thanks to the Comanche Nation, also known as Lords of the Plains, and their archives on the internet at www.comanchenation.com. To learn more about this show, go to www.privy-projects.com. Listen to this podcast on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, CastBox FM, Podchaser, Audible, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. When you do, please subscribe to our podcast 
and leave us a comment. We like it when people say hello. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, and now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! This looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man! Ha <laughs> ha! Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy! And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere or at digitalvaudeville.com. That is D I G I T A L V A U D E V I L L E dot com. 